oh my god, that man just fucked a fish. Charlton Heston. Hey guys, I'm your head janitor Z. I'm your deputy head janitor Laura. And I'm your intern janitor Eris, hoping for a raise. Keep hoping, buddy. All right. Um, well, so- if we don't pay you now, we could give you a 5% raise on top of that. Wait, hold up. I'm not great at math. I That sounds great. Okay. <laughs> it's done. Woo! <laughs> you know, 5% of zero is zero, right? What was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> so, this week... Uh- <laughs> Last week, we talked about our favorite and least favorite episodes of season two of Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode, we're just going to talk about whatever floats our boat, I guess. Woo! What were your overall thoughts of season two? I love Emily Prentice and I would die for her. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I know. I, I, she walked in and I was just like, oh, it's Patrick Brewster. And I was like, huh, I feel things in my my. Every era, like I, my my chest area, I think <laughs> butterflies are happening in my stomach. Oh my god! And then she does the speech. I think it's technically the second episode she appears in, where like, what do you think about politics? And he, and she's like, they ruin families. I have issues. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, baby, no. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. The counterpoint, not a counterpoint, but the. Um, whatever the complimentary point is to that, uh-huh. I really don't like Elle. Um, yeah. And it, it's worse for me in the the beginning part of this episode because I'm like, girl obviously has some trauma to deal with. Yes. But I'm also a little concerned that she's surrounded by these people, and this isn't really her fault, except that she agreed to do it. She is asked to be a decoy for a serial rapist. Yeah. And so they had a whole plan to catch him because they need to get him in the commission of a crime in order right. to arrest him for that crime. Right. And she panics, jumps the gun, and just decides and to just get him. So she ruins it. Yeah. And I'm like, but why did you guys put her in this situation to begin with? You right. knew she was having a problem. You should have right. known she was having a problem. Whoever was in the writer's room that week knew what they were talking about when they were talking about, like, when she was doing her spiel about, like, how she could still feel his fingers in her wound and mm-hmm. stuff and, like, that violation. Like, whoever was in the writer's room knew what they were talking about that week. This was a really good episode, I think, for her characterization. Mm. But, man, that look at the end that her and Gideon exchange. Because um, G- the look on Gideon's face when, when Elle is getting the, into the police car after she shoots him, mm-hmm. yeah. um, is he he's kind of realizing, like, I told her to do this. Like, I told her to evaluate whether she could be in this team or not. And mm-hmm. I really... Really didn't like the look that she had because it was very like, I know that that's what you're thinking. I know, like, I did what you told me to do. Yeah. And and it, it felt it felt very like taking the glory, but not the responsibility. Yes. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually ended up really liking this episode. Um, and I was actually excited for her character. Uh, but then the episode didn't go the way I thought it was going to, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she had a lot of trauma. I actually understand the whole, like, she was probably hiding a lot of it. But at the same time, she wasn't hiding it well. Because Reed knew. Yeah, and Reed, Reed knew. tried to talk to her, but as we talked about before, she had never been particularly kind to Reed. Right. And so when he's the one to reach out to her, she dismisses him, like, yeah, exactly. immediately. Right. Like, who are you to tell me my business? I'm fine. Go Which away. she does all the yeah. time anyway. Right. So... Um, no, yeah, I really, I was actually hoping for, cause she, she has this comment of like, not everyone is the unsub or something mm-hmm, like that. Dodge. Yeah. And I, I, I believe that's in a later episode. It, it was like right before she shoots him, I think. 
Is it? Because yeah. I, I feel like it's afterwards whenever he confronts her and he's like, he's low key. Like when they stay and he's like, I have the notes somewhere. When he's following her around. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And she's yeah. like, not everybody's, I think, I don't know. I could be wrong, but go ahead. Anyway, you can Because like, I, I was pretty sure that that was before she shot Lee. And um, the, like, I desperately wanted her to be a serial killer. Like, I wanted this to be her breaking point where she goes vigilante. Oh. And I wanted them to, like, and I kind of was like, that would have been interesting. Wouldn't it be Criminal Minds would be a really cool show if, like, somebody working in the BIU was they also. Had to hunt their own. Yeah, yeah. And she was, like, one step ahead of them, barely. But, like, because I, I, I kind of had, like, this imagination thing of, like, she, uh, is doing it based on opportunity. Like, she's definitely a, a careful planner and all that kind of stuff, but a lot of it would be, like, not quite comedy of errors, but just, like, the way she stays this head of them is mm-hmm. almost just luck kind of thing. I yeah. thought that would be really cool. And then it just, like, she's like, I want to retire, bye. <laughs> I think it would have been cool. I don't think it would have um, made sense for her character because she was so new to the BAU and all of her history was in sex crimes. Uh-huh. So I really, I don't know. I think I think it would have been interesting to watch, but I don't think that it would have made sense. Okay. See, I, I thought she would have done, like, because her history was in sex crimes, it's like, oh, she probably just goes after, like, rapists and, like, home yeah. invaders. No, I well, can see exactly that, like, but I don't yeah, think she'd get away with it very well. No, yeah, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if she would have been able to hide it very well, because she does brag about it, really. Yeah. yeah. Also, she... I don't know. She wasn't as close to the team as mm-hmm. other people were, so I feel like it wouldn't have had as big of a punch as you're hoping it would have. That's true. I don't mean That's to true. shit on your idea. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to write an entirely new show. It's going to call Criminal Brains. <laughs> Unlawful Brains. There we go. And then I'll, that way I'll give her time to get used to the team, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then, then we'll do the serial killer thing. I also have some I, serious questions about Hotch's leadership abilities. Yeah. Hey, apparently Which, everyone else uh, Yeah, show. apparently that <laughs> the FBI does too. But like, because we saw what happened to Elle, right. you saw what she went through, you saw her snap, and then when Reed has a similar, mm-hmm. uh, very Is traumatic she- event happen, he is right back in the field the next day. Exactly. And I'm just like, did nobody learn anything from what we just went through here? Exactly. Yeah. There's <laughs> also no, sure. that episode, they're at Gitmo, and they're yeah, trying yeah. to like oh, convince yeah. the... the um, the terrorist that the thing has already happened. Yeah, I, I, I actually like, yeah. I like that episode too. There was so much of Gideon in that episode. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, I started picking up and later, once that episode happened and I watched it, then I started, re, I mean, I was analyzing Gideon's actions before. Yeah. No, then I was in hyperdrive, essentially. <laughs> in, in that episode, Hotch talks about like, oh, that's the, the mall that Haley and Jack are supposed to go get pictures <laughs> done at. And yeah. he's like, I can't call. And he does anyways. There are later episodes where other members of the team's family is in danger because of a thing that's going on. And mm-hmm. he doesn't let them call. And I just, like, I really like the the moments where Hotch is a real person. Right. But some of those moments, he's taking advantage of his position. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he's a bully. He, he can be very much. Yeah. He's the only character. I don't know if you guys know this. He's the only character that has um, aspirations higher than the BAU. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely like a thing that mm-hmm. um, continues to be a theme as the seasons go on and yeah. like his career mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. Just to throw back to the L conversation, I think it's bullshit that she didn't get empathetic until she was a victim herself. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, internalized misogyny much. Yeah. No, for sure. That's... um. An extremely masculine thing to do. Mm. 
um, not necessarily masculine as like an inherent trait, but masculine in a patriarchal society thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's weird that we're she developing. I, I don't know if they already knew she was going to be leaving the show when they wrote. I think it's the very first episode, which we haven't even talked about, the Fisher King Part Two. Mm-hmm. I think it's in that one because she had just gotten shot, mm-hmm. and then she's like hallucinating her dad. Yes. Why are we taking time to develop her character that much and show us that like, oh, here's why she's the way she is. Shouldn't have that been last season for us to like right. get to know her and care about her a little bit more? That would have now been suddenly it's like, oh, here's my trauma. Just kidding, I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. Like, that would have been better pre-gunshot. Yeah. Because then we'd be like, oh no, now we're rooting for her oh to my survive. God, it's her dad. Because from, yeah. <laughs> from my understanding, they were wanting to shake up the cast. Okay. And Lola Gladini is from New York City, and so she wanted to go back mm. um okay. to do like theater and stuff there because she was was in the theater so i think it was kind of like they wanted to shake up the cast she wanted to leave so they were kind of like just ride around um but yeah i agree that is weird for them to be like here's some backstory also here's a thing that i noticed her dad's very near quantico but she's from brooklyn because Hotch follows her in that that episode after <laughs> he follows her to her father's like gravesite or whatever. And Is he in Arlington National Cemetery? It doesn't say like it where. It could be Arlington, yeah, or it Wait, could be he that was he worked a uniform, government, right? Was he a cop or was he an FBI? Yeah, he was a cop. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's weird. Probably wouldn't have been very. If it was in FBI, then. or if he the, was like military of some sort, yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, but you no. know. Okay. Um, let's see. What do we know? Elle's dad was born in 1944 and died in 1979. His headstone doesn't have a birth or death date. He served as a police officer from 1971 to 1979 and was killed in the line of duty. Yeah, he should have been born, or she, he should have been buried somewhere in Brooklyn. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Weird. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was from Virginia and it's a family yeah. plot. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But if that's the case and he was right down the road, she could have visited his grave much sooner than that. Yeah, much sooner yeah. than killing no, a man. Hodge <laughs> nailed it. Like the whole like, wow, it seems like you're making a confession to your dad's headstone. <laughs> right. The fuck is happening? <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just wanted serial killer L, I think. <laughs> I think Elle would have made... Um, she would an, still an, been a character, but she could have been, like, recurring and, like, you know, yeah. coming back and forth. And that way you're like, oh, now we have more of, like, serial killer backstory of daddy issues. <laughs> yeah. I don't plan. <laughs> they oh, did not I, listen to you. Yeah. Uh, looping back around to the Gitmo episode, Gideon got so hot mm-hmm. talking about, like, how dare you use religion to hurt people. That's not the only time that he has that. In this, exactly. in this season, it's not the only time that mm-hmm. he, used, oh, yeah. he talks about religion being used as a weapon. But he's a huge... He's a raging liberal. <laughs> like, he, he doesn't hunt. He says that he, he doesn't hunt in episode 21. And then he doesn't like the perversion of religion and stuff. And he does that several times. Yeah. But it's just like... There, there are little things that they drop along the way, and I'm like, you, sir, I like you. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he, he got so heated in that episode mm. that I was actually like, is Gideon Muslim? Because yeah. this sounds like a, someone who's taking it very personally. Like, how yeah. dare you use my faith <laughs> yeah. to murder other people kind of thing. And I'm, I'm not sure if he is anything, uh, like, concrete like a concrete denomination or anything like that. Um, I'm not sure if it's necessary to ever put it in an episode but mm-hmm. like yeah i just it was so interesting because every single time then that there was like a religious this or that or the other he was just like this again yeah. <laughs> he's <was> like <laughs> and i i don't know i appreciate that because you know i'm also very religious i'm not religious in the way most people think i am or f- uh, people think but um it's upsetting when people use a a thing that is supposed to be 
more about self-improvement to hurt, like literally mm-hmm. hurt. Intentionally hurt. Intentionally hurt, hurt yeah. other people. Like that's not the fucking point. Religion is all internal. It's not external at all. And it really upsets me when people use it in external means and fuck them. But also I, I just, I felt it was clever how <laughs> Gideon was slowly moving his prayer times. Yes, <laughs> like, I thought was so, so clever though. I was like, you are so, so ridiculously clever and like... He wrapped it so he took the respect of the religion yes. and turned made that the weapon against right. him. Yeah. Like, oh, you're gonna use your web your religion to bully people. Well, I'm gonna use your religion to uh, save those people. So, yeah, nah. exactly. <laughs> Just like tit for tat, motherfucker. Get let's this go. man a prayer rug. Yeah, be like, I'm not gonna deny him communion with his god. <laughs> I am going to deny him the senseless deaths of multiple thousands of people. I am going to slowly move his time up by five minutes, though. That's no fault on the guy praying. Like, you know, like, if you didn't know the time, but you tried, the spirit was there, that counts. He's like, I'm not actually, I'm not even hurting you spiritually. (laughs) I am hurting you legally. (laughs) <laughs> I love Gideon. Gideon is so good. Yeah, Gideon's a good one. I just want a Criminal Minds spinoff that's just Slice of Life. Like, just them at the laundromat. <laughs> it's just all the five-minute episodes of them going like, oh, shit, you two. Be like, yeah, I spilled coffee all over myself this morning. <laughs> they, gotta, they gotta go ahead. Just like, well what happens in the office before they have a case? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Non-criminal case. Criminal Minds. <laughs> more, more of Reed shooting those little film camera cases. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Experimenting with science. (laughs) God. Emily going like, ow, show me. Yes. (laughs) You nearly got me in the eye. I want to see it again. (laughs) I I remember watching these episodes live and that particular episode was the one where I was like, oh, she's about to be family. Yeah. Because I I remember her coming on and being like, oh, I feel things. This is a pretty lady. I like pretty ladies. Yeah. Um, But it it was that episode where I was like, she's being nice to read. Yeah. No, they're both. They're just both geeks. Yeah. I, oh, I and the, the bonding moment she had with uh, with Morgan later about reading Kirk Vonnegut. Yes. 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 I was just like, oh my gosh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like she's. I mean, De- Reed is definitely neuroatypical for mm-hmm. sure, but she's just she's just a nerd, and yeah. so she's like, nerds gotta stick together. Like yeah. she's a, a, she wears it, you know, very hard on her sleeve. She's like, I love Kurt Vonnegut, like, and though like she's also Reed explaining as much as like he is, and he's like looking across the table, like, huh, okay, and she's just like, I like books. <laughs> Be like, I'm not a diplomat. I don't talk well. I love to research. <laughs> I want to talk about the way that Prentice's first breakout um, is that uh, with Gideon and Reed, but we got to go to our commercial break first. Ah! Time for a Reed's plane from somebody that's not Reed. (laughs) This time it's Matt. (laughs) All right. So I don't watch the show. Yep. I watched a few minutes of episode 22 and I'd like to talk about three things. Okay. A man named Billy West, Bubbles Incorporated, and the fact that Jason Gideon brings explosives into the office and may not know it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is a hell of a thesis statement. I'm going to need to read the whole thing now. Episode 22, uh, we learn that Gideon's grandfather uh, worked for uh, the accounting office of SNA Films Mm -hmm. in Chicago, and he inherited 
Film prints, what appear to be 16mm film prints, doesn't definitely doesn't look like they're 35mm and 8mm doesn't make any sense. So I'm, I'm, by process of elimination, I'm saying it's a 16mm print. Okay. Of Chaplin films. A mm-hmm. couple things here. He says they date from that period. That means Jason Gideon is keeping extremely old film stock in very specific conditions because those things are made out of nitrate. Meaning oh. that they rot. Yeah. First, and also, if you've seen Inglorious Bastards, they are explosive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's talking about how it's a, a, a Chaplin film that they're watching. Uh, Chaplin did make movies semi early in his career for the SNA Film Company. That's right. I don't think that's Chaplin in the movie that they're watching. Uh? Who do you think it is? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the height of Chaplin's fame, uh, there were, uh, an army of people who would just imitate him and and make entire film careers out of just bowler hat, cane, prancing around on screen. Chaplin archetype. Yeah. Uh, and one of a man whose entire career was based on that was a man named Billy West. He did a whole series of shorts as a Chaplin-esque character. Okay. My theory... Now, the film that, uh, that Gideon and Hotch are watching at the end, I'm almost sure is Chaplin. Okay. Here's where Bubbles come in. Now, Bubbles Incorporated is a company run out of Switzerland that okay. essentially runs the likeness rights for the Chaplin estate. Okay. You run the tramp, you have to pay them. Or right. you get, if you have a dude with a bowler hat, toothbrush, and mustache, you're going to get a cease and desist letter from Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the 80s, like, the Tramp actually did IBM computer commercials, but they cleared that with the Chaplin Estate. Bubbles Incorporated said, here is your authorization. Okay. Thank you for your check. Chaplin's children never have to work a day in their life. Yeah. Second film, I think, is from a public domain film because he's not wearing the bowler hat. I don't. I think it's from early enough, and that would not be in the SNA uh, period. That would be when he was working for Max Senate. Everybody knows that. Come on. I mean, yeah. hey, sure. You're, you're yeah. telling me Gideon doesn't know that Gideon's hiding something. <laughs> There's Explosive clues. <laughs> he's just trying to see he's the, the bomb awesome. in the building. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just waiting. He'd be like, "You say one bad thing about my birds." <laughs> So I, I think that's from an earlier period that they didn't have to clear with Bubbles Incorporated, and the first one is possibly a Billy West short because there's something wrong about the dude's, the shape of the dude's <laughs> face. Okay. That I'm like, that ain't the guy. But then the second time I'm like, that's definitely the guy. And also, like, the pa- like the, 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 the viscosity of the eyeshadow that Chaplin wears <laughs> mm-hmm. is very unique, and it's like, no, nah, that ain't him. That uh-huh. ain't him. I know him. That ain't him. Okay. Anyway. All right. Didn't Chaplin famously lose a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest? He did. He entered <gasps> yes. a lookalike contest, and That's I think he came in second or second third. Or third yeah. yeah, yeah. It happens a lot more than you'd think it would. That's well, especially so with Chaplin. He did not really look like himself unless he had the, 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 get, up. the get up going, yeah. I also, uh, I want to work there now because, like, the boss just has 16-millimeter film prints of old silent comedies. I'd be right. sitting there. And then, what's his name? The other guy. Uh, Morgan? No, Hi- Morgan, Morgan comes in and is like, isn't that on DVD? I'm like, get the fuck out, Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't you have somebody to go sexually harass? <laughs> yeah. Those are fighting words. I'm with Hotch and Gideon here. We're having a good time. And you're in here with your, hey, baby girl. None of us are your baby girl. Get the fuck out. <laughs> 
you could, on you, DVD. <laughs> eat my shit, buddy. <laughs> and with nitrate film, you probably could. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> that was Reedsplaining with somebody that's not Reed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mac. If you enjoy the show, you might also enjoy our other shows on PartyApocalypse.com, As the Myth Turns, The Fourth Wall, and Friendables in their entirety. You can also stream new episodes of Cabin in the Woods with friends of the show, Donna Kenzie and producer Mac Boyle. Hey, Mac Boyle. Hi! And the uh, holodeck is broken, also with producer Mac Boyle. Hey, Mac Boyle. Hello. <laughs> That's it! Anybody got anything to plug? No! no. Uh, get, get, visit your local library. <laughs> yeah. Back to the episode. <laughs> So, Z, you gave us a teaser before our commercial break. I did. I forgot about it. (laughs) I remembered it as soon as you said it, but I forgot that I had said it. I just think it's really cute that Prentice's first assignment, like their breakout team or whatever, Mm -hmm. is with Reed and Gideon. Especially because I know it's not too much of a spoiler that you know that Gideon is leaving at some point. So, we know that Prentice and Gideon don't get a lot of time together. Right. Um, But also, the evolution of of Prentice and Reed's relationship, there's a thing that occurs to one of them later down the line. And the way that it tears the other one up is just so moving to watch, I think, a little bit. The the way that these things are set up before that incident occurs is just fun to watch to see, like, oh, this is the moment where mm-hmm. they were like, they worked together. It was the first time, like her first assignment was with Reed yeah. and with Gideon. And I just think it's it's fun to see the way that those things tend to shake out later mm-hmm. down the line. We also this season got to see Gideon and Morgan interact one-on-one for the first time. Super cute exchange. The the bomb episode, mm-hmm. which first yes. of all, can I just say that like more, like that episode, I, I cry during watching uh-huh. TV and stuff. That one definitely kind of choked me up yes. when Morgan... A lady he's never met in mm-hmm. his entire life, and he's going to sit there in her car, which is wired to explode, yeah. and not leave her alone in that very scary moment. I'm like, dude, sir. Yeah, I mean, and actively, like, <laughs> he's not even like, oh, hand on her shoulder. Like, he's holding her hands. Yeah, and like, he, the it's whole time he's like, I'm not leaving intimate. you. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah. He literally just met this lady. Yeah. yeah. And Gideon no, says... He's the ship's counselor! <laughs> Gideon said, uh, a young man that I greatly admire and respect is putting his life on the line. And I like that Morgan knows that because Reed's a big old gossip. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like that... Immediately <laughs> texting, just like... <gasps> I want to like rewind that and see if I can see Reed in a corner like <laughs> texting yeah. without looking at his phone. I, they just have a group chat that's just like minus Hotch and Gideon and so it's just that they can just like text each other. Do you you know the way that Reed runs whenever like he's holding his gun yeah. and there's like something going on and it's all awkward and stuff and he's like yeah. loping across the screen? That's what I imagine, like, back at, like, the, the police headquarters. And he's like, Morgan, 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 Morgan. No, no. The moment you've been waiting for has arrived. He likes you. He likes you. I like that Gideon was like, what you did with the bomb was stupid. And Morgan tried to defend himself. And Gideon's like, I didn't say you were wrong. And I was just like, yeah. oh, God, oh, God. It's it's like, so is that the same one who's like, and I said what I said? Or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. He says, and, and what, what he said I said? I said. Yeah. I, I watched, when I was watching that episode, I bust out laughing so hard because whenever I was younger, I used to like um, go on YouTube when I was at school because that was before they had blocked YouTube and would watch bloopers of Criminal Minds. And this, that particular line was a, a really bad blooper for um, Mandy Patinkin. 
And he kept like stabbing himself in the eye with the glasses when he'd go to put his glasses back on. And he'd be like, and he'd be like, what she said, said, said. He said, said, I said, and said. <laughs> and it's just, it's me. It's just, I, I was watching it. I couldn't not see that. And I was like, I'm sure that the, when the first time I watched that was probably relatively sweet. But now it's just funny. Yeah, yeah well, back to the princess's first like breakout mm-hmm. kind of thing. I noticed right off the bat, I was like, oh, this is nerd crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. you have because you have Morgan, else not there anymore. Uh, the Hotch and I guess even like kind of technically like JJ and Garcia, even though they're not as field worky yet. Mm-hmm. They're people crew. Like Hotch definitely has very like lawyer cop vibes. Mm-hmm. Morgan has like cop, but also like I need to get inside the person's head. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk around the space and be the person. Like they're very people oriented, mm-hmm. and then you get like book facts, nerd <laughs> crew, sweater wearing nerd crew, and like it's so I was like, okay, so it's it's the essential like when you watch like a good sci-fi, you're like, that's the engineer because they're holding a wrench, like yeah. you know that kind of thing. And I was like, ah, oh, they put her with the two other nerds. She's gonna be a nerd character. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I would almost argue that Gideon fits into the the category that you've put Morgan into as well. Yeah, he's very um, people-y too, but he yeah. definitely has college professor vibes. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And he likes birds too much. That's not well, true. You can't <coughs> like birds too much. But he does like birds a lot. There's going to be a scene in about season 10 or so. There's going to be an episode, not a scene. It's a whole episode that explains that. And you've got a while to go, but okay. it is interesting, I think. I'll get there. Yeah. Also, I mean, like, you don't have to explain weird hobbies. I, I think shows should add more weird hobbies in there. Like, they... I'm just going to talk about a whole nother show. Sorry. Um, I mean, they never really super explain Riker's love of the, the trombone. Mm-hmm. You don't need to. You just say, like, people have hobbies. Yeah. People just have fucking hobbies. It's the slidey penis. What do you need to know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Yes. I mean, I'm just like, I'm just waiting for somebody to be like, I just really like Sudoku. I'll be like, why? Because I'd be like, no, just because it's anxiety relief. <laughs> it's I like, like Sudoku. I like Sudoku too. <laughs> and coloring books. Be like, yeah. man, I'm not having a bad day. I'm just going to color something in. Lessons Learned, episode 10 of the season, was written by Jim Clemente, who is the real life profiler that they have guesting and kind of cool. Like, not guesting, um, doing authentic. Yeah, like mm, yeah. doing the authentication of the show. Yeah. Um, obviously, he didn't do a great job with that part. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know. I forgot like, what Lessons Learned is. is that's about. the one with Jenna one. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. gotcha. The only episode it. title I remember now is Jones, because I've been reminding mm. them. But Empty Planet was the only one that I was like, I got that one. Empty Planet was a good one. Okay, yeah. was he her son or was he not her son? See, I don't know. It could go either way. So Do so you- here's the thing. Here's the argument for both. And I'm on, like literally on the fence, which my husband has warned me would hurt me. I need to pick a side, but it's okay. <laughs> um, that's a whole different subject. Straddle the fence long enough, you get splinters in your cooter. Exactly. Well, that's that's almost exactly what he said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Abraham oh Lincoln. <laughs> oh, no, the pork just dropped. <laughs> um, but, okay, so the argument for uh, not son. She is a teacher. She was not lying when she said, like, I had a daughter that I gave up. And because mm. it's like, you know, people give up kids a lot. Like, it, it happens. And so, like, just because it's like one baby was in a town when somebody else like people have babies all the time so like it's she did have a teacher for he or he 
she was his teacher for an entire semester at least mm-hmm. at college and like and this seems to be a class that's very um as much as it's symposium it's like they did like writing and stuff like that it was um it was a writing class right wasn't mm-hmm. it yeah it wasn't so. a science class yeah, it was yeah. a writing class which means that like you get to kind of like weed people's intimate thoughts in a writing class and like so you do make a connection with your students and i mean if he had office hours that he shared with her like are they asking questions and stuff like that like i can absolutely see this teacher decide he doesn't deserve to be shot for this mm-hmm. like he's does he need help Yes. Does he need to be away from public so he stops hurting people? Yes. But he doesn't deserve to die for this. I can absolutely see. And also maybe taking responsibility. Like maybe if I saw it before and noticed it before, then I could have stopped the bomb. So like she could have been feeling like of survivor's guilt. Mm -hmm. Totally understandable. I can totally see how it was actually her son. And she just totally fucking lied. Because she was like, oh shit. That, my kid. Fuck. (laughs) I am definitely responsible for this. I think she was lying about it being a girl. Mm -hmm. I think that that part was incorrect. I think there's a chance that she, or I think she thought that there was a chance that he was her baby, Uh but she didn't, like she had to nip that in the bud. She knew if she was going to, if either of them were going to get out alive, that she had to, she had to end that. She may have not have known. Yeah, she like might she, not have she even known might like have, the gender. Yeah, I mean, or she she maybe the gender, but like she she would not have kept tabs mm-hmm. on him. You know, yeah. like she she seemed to have. I mean, she wrote the book as a. I think the episode was trying to tell us that she wrote Empty Planet the book partially as a regret for never really following up mm-hmm. with her child. Like she just put it in the foster care system, and that was that. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like you know, so it could be like she was like, I don't know if he is or not. He very well could be. Because yeah. I never kept tabs on him. Yeah. So, yeah. No, for sure. Like, I'm styling the fence. I could, I, honestly, I would be happy with either explanation. What do you think, Laura? I don't know. I honestly didn't give it quite that much thought. I kind of just took her at her word mm-hmm. that she had a girl. But I do kind of like that moment with, so the guy's just like, wait, so what am I doing? Like, there's a little bit of a, like, how could I have gotten that so wrong kind of Mm -hmm. a a look to his face briefly. So, yeah, it's it's kind of, like, I took her at her word, but I can definitely see how uh, Mm -hmm. it could be her just trying to, like, save face. Like, oh, no, my kid did not just kill people. Like... I feel responsible for the teens that I coach at the fucking library. (laughs) I feel personally responsible when I hear they get trouble at school. I can't imagine what a parent would feel like. Yeah. If they find out that that their kid blew somebody up on purpose, I, I, I would be fucking devastated. I'd be like, nope, this is my fault. Sorry, I raised them wrong or whatever. You know, I didn't yeah. do enough. It, Bad I, I would absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah. take it 100% on my shoulders. Like, And I'm saying that based off of the fact that, A, I don't have children, but I coach kids mm-hmm. in an <laughs> employment setting at a fucking public library. And I already feel a great deal of responsibility yeah. for these kids. I, I can't imagine what a parent would feel like. I want to kind of throw an honorable mention out there for favorite episodes. I know oh. that, that was our last episode. Yeah. But just, just to throw a little honorable mention out in our last like few minutes. Uh, distress. Which was the um, episode 17 with the war veteran having the PTSD flashbacks oh, in Houston. Yeah. That one always makes me tear up because even though Roy was the unsub, he wasn't the bad guy. No, no. I the guy was the bad that, guy. Like, 
For me, I honestly found my mind wandering and I kind of checked out of that episode for uh-huh. some reason. Um, it's a but slow episode. I do appreciate that point where, yes, he is out there, but something's triggering him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he is badly wounded and has trauma from being mm-hmm. a war veteran. So we need to find him because this dude just legitimately needs help. Yeah. And he probably, if he knew what he was doing, he would probably be so mad with himself. Like, right, right. Like, we need to actually just, like, find someone to help them. It wasn't yeah. find someone to, you know, stop them from killing. Right, yeah. right. Um, I, just, on that I one, do appreciate I when they turn that on its head. Yeah. 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 I just, um, so, so I watched a lot of procedural shows, and oftentimes, depending on the, the type of show, I can usually call who the, the person is. I like Criminal Minds because sometimes I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they really do. I was like, I, like, sometimes I'll end up like, I don't know. I have no idea what they're doing. Like, you know, and then sometimes I'm like, yeah, it was that guy. And I'm like, it wasn't that guy? What? <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, the, I, I appreciate Criminal Minds for that. This one, I was like, oh, it's a war wet. It was like within two minutes. <laughs> they show the first murder and they show like the head snap. And I'm like, that's a war guy. Yeah. I was, I was immediate. I was like, they teach soldiers how to do that. And very, it's very hard to do. You have to actually have a lot of strength in the sh- in your mm-hmm. shoulders to be able to snap someone's neck like that. Yeah. That's a soldier. Yeah. I was in the Immediate. room. I was in the room when you were watching that on your iPad. And I, I remember you just like readjust and you're like, it's a vet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? To me, like a homeless man just snapped somebody else's neck. It's obviously a war vet. Yeah. Yeah. You're this, like, how far are you to your two minutes? This, <laughs> yeah. This, this is also the first episode that anybody like goes to read and is like, hey, what's wrong? Yes. Because, because Reeds tells Morgan like he's struggling and Morgan's yeah. like, you got this, buddy. But Prentice like goes to read and she's like, hey, like you seem off. And he is very like, oh, in those few months that you've known me, yeah. I seem off. Yeah. But like, she's the first one. I think that's another thing. Like, yeah. that just kind of lays the groundwork for their friendship later. She was like, hey, so. hey, hey, hey. We're yeah. nerd crew. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nerd crew doesn't turn on each other. Yeah. Nerd squad. <laughs> <laughs> That was my honorable mention. No, for sure. Don't like what Reed's going through, but I like what Reed's going through from a character writing standpoint. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I like it when characters um, <clears throat> hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this team needs a... to be better with each other's trauma and no, recognizing yeah. Yeah. that, like, other people maybe just need a break and some therapy and you're good. Yeah. One, of, one of the things I really like about this show and I think that keeps bringing me back to it is the family aspect of it and mm. not just, like, oh, they're found family, but, like, they function like a family. They have, they each have their own traumas and they don't know how to, like, talk to each other about yeah. it. And, like, they want to be there for one another and they're gonna be, like, they're gonna be dependable for the other person, any other person that's on the team, but they just don't know how to have like those deep conversations or mm-hmm. in, which is so kind of odd because like they're in the brain all the time in mm, the way right. that the mind works. And, and they of all people should know how trauma can breed mm-hmm. uh, impulsive out of character behavior. Yeah. You would think that they would talk more, <laughs> yeah, but they don't. They just keep trying to fix each other with band-aids. Which is funny, I, I guess. I think, I think they know they know how to, like, put... And I, and I identify with this a lot. This this might be where I get this from. But I tend to, like, identify my emotions. And then I'm like, oh, I, I identified them. I'm good. And we ain't got to talk about them anymore. <laughs> we, we don't have to deal with it. We don't yeah. have to fix it. I labeled it. I put it in an envelope. Or I yeah. sealed it. And I put it away in the file. Like, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of the vibe I get from the BAU team. Where they're like, hey, we identified the problem. <laughs> now where are the cops that fix it? <laughs> like, like, Who's nope. going to make the arrest? 
this. We just point at the guy. We don't actually do any of the other work. Yeah. <sighs> um, it looks like we're at the end of our episode. Does anybody else have anything else that they just need to say? I have one just random, random thought. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I think about because I do watch a lot of procedural type shows as mm-hmm. well. I am always amazed the caliper of uh, guest stars that mm. are willing to play a pedophile on <laughs> one of these shows. Yeah. yeah. Like, if the second episode, it's the, um, and I don't even remember what his real name is, but he's been in, like, he's one of those actors that just does an everything. episode of, like, everything. Yeah. Um, but he played the principal of the school that turned out to mm. be a pedophile. Yeah. And he's super recognizable. And I'm like, so you're super recognizable, yet you're willing to play a pedophile. I remember Nathan Fillion played a pedophile, I think in CSI. Oh my um, God. Or something. And so, yeah. like, there's all these things that I'm just like, I'm always just amazed that mm-hmm. really recognizable people are willing to, like, take right. on that role in one yeah. of these shows. I think <laughs> it's a sign of how out of touch with, like, real people. Because it sounds like something an actor cred would do. Be like, oh my God, I got to play a pedophile. Like, oh man, that's so sweet. As if they're like pedophiles or like unicorns. And you're like, no, these are things that actually happen to children, you fuckhead. Uh, it's fine. I'm just getting a little heated. I have a prediction okay. and like a once. Okay. I, I, I'm pretty sure Hotch is going to leave. Probably even next season. Okay. Um, I want him to leave on his own terms, mm-hmm. but I'm afraid it's going to be like a firing. If I was writing this, mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be they're putting pressure on him, like the, the powers that be putting pressure on him because they're obviously he's getting investigated and stuff like that. We had all that kind of dropping at the um, end of the last episode for the season goes home or like one of the few days off or whatever. And he knows it's like in 12 more hours, he has to be back at work kind of thing. And he's like looking at his son and he goes like, ah, fuck it. And he just like, I'm gonna be stay home, dad. <laughs> like I, that's what I want to happen. Yeah. I want him to be like, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> like, and, and just like, like, and then it's just him and his son and his wife and just he's mowing the lawn like an average suburban dad. And that's that's what I want so bad. And I'm just saying I called L. I really did. <laughs> I did. I did call L. And so now I'm like, come on, Hotch, you can don't don't ruin this for me, buddy. <laughs> come on. I I'm amazed at how so much of what she said is like 50% right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, there's nothing in there that's 100% right, but there's several things you said that are kind of close. And there's, there's <laughs> A, I'm going to character, and B, 50% right is pretty much my entire thing since being 12 years old all the way till now. But I'm the always other, half right. <laughs> the other 50% is so wrong. Yes. It's not like, well, that's a little, like, that's wrong. All right, but yeah, that's it. That's my prediction. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's all the time we have. Yeah. yeah. So, let's get back to work. Woo! And by us, I mean Eris. See you guys later. Bye! A white man? No! Jesus. Jesus.